0: Michigan guys all look good. You can see their strength and conditioning. I was was watching the replay last night. Just Again, you're national champions. The understatement is, hey, they look like athletes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Doug Karsh. Yeah, look at me, the typical sports radio host, Karsh. Hey, they look like athletes. Oh, I'm sorry. They only were undefeated and won the national title. But it it is interesting. The one thing that I noticed, and this is for the first time, Ever, What Harbaugh accomplished is he made Michigan play and look like an SEC school.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he did. And um, I mean, the amount of talent on that team is, you know, you don't know it in the moment. And then you sort of, sort of start to realize that they are winning games because they have recruited and developed uh, elite talent. And, you know, they, those weren't highly regarded recruiting classes as comparatively speaking compared to Ohio State and Alabama and, and Michigan classes we saw prior. You look back in retrospect and, you know, you got a three star kid like a Mike Sammerstall who's arguably a defensive MVP. And there were some highly regarded kids, Junior Colson, uh, you know, a lot was thought of him, but, uh, you know, they were, they were kind of doing it with some players that weren't on at the top of everybody's radar. And, and you know, they were able to hang on to people, too. Um, not a lot of transfers. I mean, there were some, don't get me wrong, but, uh, you know, they were playing with some three stars that developed and stayed for five years. And when you have that, um, you know, you're, those are men. And, you, you know, when I worked sidelines all those years, I remember I prior to doing that, I always go, all right, who are the freshmen that are going to come into impact? And the coaches were always pretty, pretty hesitant to get into what freshmen can make an impact. And then I kind of started to realize why when I saw physically, they just didn't match up <laughs> to the guys that had been there for a number of years. And Michigan did it with a veteran team. And I don't know how much we'll see that moving forward in college football.
0: Yeah, and that's my next question. And Doug Carr's voice of Michigan football, also on the ticket in Detroit, joining us on the Rose Stoneberg Coffee Guest Line. Sharon Moore, I like the staff he's put together. I saw Bellamy got a bump in pay and also passing game coordinator. Good for him. He's worked hard from his high school days to where he's at now at Michigan. I'm cool with the coaches. Uh, I understand 18 guys that are off to the NFL or hope to make it uh, to the league. The question is... How does Moore keep this moving forward? You're not going to be undefeated every year and win the national championship, but how does he keep Michigan amongst the elite?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, you'd like to use the same pattern, which might be recruit and develop. Uh, I think the 2024 team is going to heavily rely on the portal, given what they lost and and how much changeover there has been and you know the a lot of the portal recruiting uh, you know a good bulk of it was done while michigan was preparing for the national championship game and so there'll be an influx of of spring portal entries and i think michigan will be one of the rare teams near the top of college football that will be able to have multiple roster spots available. So there's advantages and disadvantages. I think that college football needs to look at conducting their off season at some time other than while well, the season's still going on. Right. I mean you have you have transfer portal, you have coaching changes, all while other teams are preparing for postseason games. And some of them are meaningless bowl games, but those teams that were in the college football playoff, I mean <laughs> Washington's roster devastated i mean they lost everybody off the offense alabama lost a ton of players to the portal and it feels like in some ways in preparing for the next year you're kind of coming at it with a bit of a disadvantage for now we'll see if alabama and michigan and washington are huge players in the portal in the spring but i think everybody would agree it makes sense to conduct the offseason once the season is over
0: (laughs) I agree because keep the transfer portal for when the season concludes that the guys could because I know some schools start early January others start second third week of January every school has a different calendar for the most part but the way that signing day is there with the transfer portal when seasons aren't over yet that is just incredible stress and pressure on coaches and players. Yeah, it's just weird.
1: Like, yeah. no other sport does it that way. And, I mean, but look, <laughs> the way college football is being run right now, I, I like to say on the air, Sunday through Friday, college football does a lot to piss me off, and then Saturday's come and it's great. And it kind of saves the week. But the, the, the fact that we're already talking about scrapping a playoff system that got approved weeks ago, and they're looking at a new format. <laughs> and I'm like, can't we even see what the one you approved? Is going to look like before we have to tinker with it. Um, so that's just that's all very strange to me. And obviously, you know, I go go figure. Money money drives decisions, and so I shouldn't act surprised. This is nothing new, but it's just odd. I mean, literally, they just approved and signed off on a twelve team playoff, and already there's a proposal to go to
0: fourteen. What are we doing? Uh, what are we doing? I'm telling you, it's led by the Big Ten president. He's a former TV guy. He understands. TV deals. The Big Ten and SEC want their guaranteed spots, right? Because you're looking at both conferences, and we just talked about this. You know, Ohio State's supposed to be loaded. Alabama has a new coach. Sabin's gone. Kirby Smart always has a squad, but the SEC is welcoming in Texas, who's loaded. Oklahoma always has athletes. I don't know football wise if both conferences are going to be, uh, you know, USC's losing Williams, UCLA. A uh, new coach, uh, Oregon, has you know, a, a top 10 team. Washington, you mentioned. I, I don't think the Big Ten and SEC are going to be guaranteed a lot of spots in that 12-team playoff, and what they want to use is their power moving forward beginning in 2026, Douglas. They want guaranteed spots. They want that guaranteed college football playoff money, and they got the power to push it around.
1: Yeah, and they probably are going to get their way. I, I mean, you, nobody forced the Big Ten and the SEC to expand as far as they did. And, yeah, they're going to see a bunch of losses hung on their teams at the top because these conferences are going to be so loaded. And we may as well get used to three-loss teams making the playoffs, and we may as well get used to three-loss you know, teams competing for national championships, which are watered down the regular season. I suspect I might be wrong on this. I mean, if you guarantee – Three Big Ten teams are going to the postseason. If that's guaranteed, written in stone, there'll be a real battle to be in the top three. So the regular season will have some value. You'll know what you have to do to qualify. If you don't get in, you leave it up to a committee for the last couple of spots. But, uh, you know, that was my biggest concern about this whole thing is I thought college football had the best regular season in all sports. I think you could have expanded the playoff without jeopardizing that. The bigger it gets, the more you jeopardize it, and it becomes like college basketball where the regular season just doesn't move the, the needle at all. And they've sold their soul for the three weeks in March, which are fun and entertaining, but is, is it done it at the expense of the regular season in college basketball? And I really don't want the same to happen to college football. I'm open to change. I'm willing to listen and watch, but I have concerns.
0: And I think if your coaches and your conference commissioners and the pressure of, TV deals like the Big Ten's total package, which is over $7 billion for football, those networks aren't going to want to see Massachusetts or Western or Central or Eastern or Ball State on future schedules. They're going to keep pushing for more conference games on television because they'll have bigger ratings numbers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's all – it's uh, TV's running college football. And I'm not – uh that's, that's my obvious statement. Now we each have one
0: huge. Um, yeah, they look athletic. They got the most guys ever invited to the combine. Oh, I didn't know they're that athletic. They were 15-0 and, and won the national title.
1: Well done by you. But, yeah, yeah I mean, so, so nothing should surprise us anymore. I just hope that the game is as good on the far side of this as it was going in. The postseason is going to be entertaining. There's no doubt about that. There's going to be great matchups every week with just conference games. I mean, you look at the Big Ten conference, and it feels like we went from having one and maybe two games that you just had to see in the league every week. With some weeks it was only one, but a lot of weeks it was two. Now you're looking at sometimes three and four games that you feel like you have to see. So that's going to be cool, but are, are we going to be as interested in Michigan-Ohio State at the end if they're both 8-3? Are we going to be as interested in Oregon versus Penn State when they're both you know five and two and they're playing each other. I hope so. Um, and you know, We'll only know that'll happen organically. Uh, we'll figure out if it's as great and it still gets the ratings and everybody wants to see those games. But um, who knows? Who knows when, when you can absorb a few losses and still go to the playoffs is the week-in, week-out intensity going to be as good as it was before.
0: I wonder, and I know there's been talk of Michigan-Ohio State moving up to – end of September, early October, because of the potential with no divisions, uh, two highest ranked teams, I think, based on the college football playoff, will uh, be in the Big Ten title game. And then you have the potential with the expanded playoffs where you could have back-to-back-to-back Michigan-Ohio State one day.
1: Yeah, I'm not really stoked for that. Um, I mean, one of the things that makes it special is when it happens on on a calendar and it won't. It won't mean it, – it, there's a good chance it won't mean as much. I mean, we'll see if both teams remain as competitive at the highest level. They could be playing for that automatic berth into the postseason. So there is that that could be on the line. Um, I don't want to see it move off the last Saturday of the schedule personally, but – I'm an Ann Arbor kid that grew up and that's been a part of my entire life. So uh, that might be where I put my foot down. Not that anybody cares, but that's, that's the, that's the bridge I don't want to cross.
0: That'll be interesting. I, I think of more in this first year with that schedule, nine and three would be a heck of a season. Oh. I think eight and four, I could stomach with how tough the schedule is and considering you lost 18 guys. Uh, to the NFL, Uh, it will be interesting what spring ball brings in terms of stability at quarterback and how much they have to go to the portal. Doug, i got to get to a network T.O., buddy. Always good to hear your voice, man. Yep. Appreciate it. Huge. Take care. Yeah, Doug Carr is one of the good guys.